Political Thoughts with Steve is brought to you by Anchor. Go to anchor.fm today to start your free podcast or download the Anchor app from all major app stores. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. Welcome to 2019, everybody. I hope everyone had a great and safe holiday season and a great and safe New Year's. There is so much going on on this week's episode. We have been gone for two weeks with the holiday season and with my son being put in the hospital for the flu and, of course, the the tragedy that hit our family this past week with the loss of our dad. I mean, you guys have been awesome. So before we get into this week, I want to say thank you to all of you, all of our weekly supporters and our listeners, because, you know, without your text messages and without your um, messages on Twitter, I mean, this has been a rough couple of weeks, even with Christmas and everything. So to, Everybody out there, thank you all so much for your love and, and your support the last couple of weeks. We are back. This is season three. I know season three. I remember when we started with season one, just recording in a van at work. That was season one. Now we are in season three, 2019, a brand new year quote, unquote, brand new you. I'm the same me. I don't know about any of y'all, but I am the same me. So welcome to 2019. Welcome to this new season of Political Thoughts of Steve. So this week, we have a big show for everybody. Um, there's been a lot going on in the last couple of weeks since we released a new recording. Um, but the big topic of this week is the stupid, idiotic government shutdown. So that is going to be our main topic of discussion today. Also, the new democratically elected House of Representatives has been gaveled in, and the new Senate has been gaveled in. The new 116th Congress is ready to go, and all I have to say for all of my, my Trump supporters out there, y'all have a great 2019 because this is going to be a crazy year for everybody, not to mention a couple of uh, prominent Democrats have already started putting their um, their names in the hat for um, the 2020 presidential nomination. So, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be talking about that. Um, we'll also be talking about this week in Trump, the craziness of his tweets and his Twitter account. And our final segment, our final thoughts with Steve segment, my favorite segment. Um I'll be paying tribute to a man that has raised me since I was 13. Um, a man that we recently lost this week, and this is going to be a hard one, so everyone just bear with me. Um, if you all listened to last week's episode, or two weeks' episode, last time that we recorded, we talked about fatherless homes and how hard it was, and I shared a story about my dad but for those who haven't listened, that's dumb. I'm just playing. Go back right now. Stop what you're doing. Go listen to last week's episode, and then we'll talk. But um, our final thoughts with Steve's segment, I'm going to be paying tribute to my dad. So 
yeah, go ahead and, you know, get your tissues ready. I've got my tissues ready. But also go sit back and relax and go get yourself a cold adult beverage. I mean, I have my glass of scotch right beside me right now as we speak. Unless if you're driving. If you're driving, don't do that. But if you're not driving, if you're sitting at your office desk or you're sitting at home relaxing, thanking God that the kids are going back to school, sit back and relax, everybody. And let's talk about what's been going on this week. And we'll be right back. And welcome back to this new episode of Political Thoughts Receive. Our first topic tonight, we are going to talk about Congress. Yes, that body of legislators that nobody likes, the ones that have the lowest approval rating since the person that cheated on you with your ex. Yes, Congress. Let's talk about Congress. So, on Thursday, the new 116th Congress was sworn in. And let me tell you, this is the most diverse Congress we have ever had in U.S. history. Over 100 women are now in Congress. That is amazing. So to everyone involved in that Me Too movement and involved in the women's movement that's going on all over the United States, this is this is huge for everybody. So over 100 new women. We have elected the first two Indian Native Americans to Congress. We have elected the first, I think, either the first Muslim woman to Congress or the first Muslim to Congress. We have elected the first openly bisexual woman to the U.S. House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate. We have so much diversity going on. And then, as soon as Paul Ryan stepped down, Congress elected its new speaker. And for the second time, the congresswoman from the state of California, Nancy Pelosi, has taken the gavel back. She is the new speaker of the House of Representatives. So, what does that mean? Yes, Congress is going to continue to screw us. We all know that, regardless if you're a Democrat or Republican. Congress is going to continue to screw the American people. It is just, it that's a gimme. But could there possibly be a better outcome out of this Congress than what it was three or four years ago when Democrats lost control of Congress? I mean, could there be a better outcome? Possibly, because there's more younger millennials and progressives that have been elected to Congress. So, Anything is possible right now in this new 116th Congress. So let's talk about the issues that Congress will be facing. Right now, we are in a shutdown. And we'll be going more into depth with that government shutdown in the next segment. But that is one of the biggest issues that we're facing right now is a government shutdown. Regardless if it's a full shutdown or a partial shutdown, a shutdown is a shutdown. It is not good for our country. It is not good for the American people. So that is one of the issues that Congress is now facing. Another is our economy. Our deficit has blossomed, I believe, close to $20 trillion now. I could be mistaken, so make sure that everyone is fact-checking. But I believe that our deficit is slowly but 
surely getting to $20 trillion. Now, remember when our fearless leader, Donald Trump, ran for office? He said, you know, he was going to cut that deficit completely in half or eradicate the deficit. Because he is the best businessman in the world. He knows everything about money. He knows everything about budgeting. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's not happening. Our deficit is continuing to go up. And it could be the forbidden word that I hate talking about. We could be entering a recession. There, I said it. Recession. It's a bad word. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone listening but according to the Fed chair, we normally hit a recession, I think, every 10 or 15 years. And it's getting, I believe this is the 10th year since the last recession finally started to go away. So we could be going into a recession. So what does that mean? People are going to lose their jobs. The economy is going to get harder for people to succeed. A recession is not good for our nation. I think that Congress needs to focus very hard on the recession and focus very or on the upcoming the possible recession. I'm sorry, I do not want to get everyone's blood pressure up this early in the morning. So let's calm it down a little bit. We may not be going to the R word, but it could happen. So Congress needs to focus on that. Also, Congress needs to start demanding on what's going on right now in this Trump-Russia investigation. I'm hoping that within the next 90 days, we are going to see a lot coming out from this Mueller investigation. And of course, we all know what's going to happen. Congress is going to start going to the Judiciary Committees and speaking about articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump. We saw this coming, everybody. I mean, I don't want anyone to be completely shocked whenever they see the notification come up on their cell phones. We knew it was coming. We knew that this new Congress is going to start talking and voting on articles of impeachment against this madman who has, in my personal opinion, just destroyed the Oval Office or the integrity of the Oval Office. And let me tell you, I hate Mike Pence. I'm not a Mike Pence supporter at all. I think what he has done to the LGBTQ community and to the black community and to the Latino communities, especially how he's trying to downgrade the women's community. I think he is a horrible human being. But anybody would be better than what we have right now. Mike Trump may be a heartless SOB. But he may be the only hope for conservatives. I hope not. I hope Republicans feel this for the next 20 years. I hope Republicans learn their lesson that adopting a nationalist agenda is not the way to go. But will Republicans learn from this lesson? Probably not. Probably not. Now, if they were smart, If Republicans were smart, and remember, I was once a Republican a long time ago. If Republicans were smart, they would be talking right now about the next 20 years of the GOP. Do they want to continue this nationalist, dumbass agenda? Or do they want to try to bring back 
that party of Reagan. I mean, who knows everybody? I can tell you right now that if this Trump train continues on the path that it's going, it's about to go over a cliff. And how many of my Republican friends are ready for that? Look, I don't wish ill will on any president, but this is the one of the worst presidents our nation has ever had. I mean, hell, di- people are now saying that they miss George W. Bush. Do you remember that guy? That guy threw us into one of the worst economic recessions in our country in our country's history. We were so close to a depression it wasn't even funny. That guy got us into two wars that costed us thousands of American lives, hundreds of thousands of civilian lives throughout the Middle East. That guy. Yes, that guy. But people miss George W. Bush. I think it's because he has now become more fatherly figureish. Since he was president, maybe that's it. But you know, as Will Farrell says, whenever he does a Bush impression, how do you like me now? That is the question to the Republicans right now. How do you like George W. Bush now? How does he look now? It's bad when the worst president that our generation has ever had is now a third place president because Donald Trump has taken the first two slots. Because he's bad. He's bad, bad, bad. Trying to do my George H.W. Bush impression didn't work there. But yeah, there is a lot of things that this new Congress is going to be focused on. Um, Some possible legislation. I know that they are looking into, for the first time in a long time, Congress is going to be talking about Medicare for All which is a great thing. That made me happy when I heard about that. This is something that I have been talking about for years and years and years, even before Senator Bernie Sanders got on the national stage and started talking about Medicare for All. But now they're talking about Medicare for All. Um They're going to be talking about laws that would help protect the LGBTQ communities in the job force. I think they're actually talking about a new civil rights bill now that will include the LGBTQ community and make it illegal to discriminate against members of the LGBTQ community, which is something that needs to be done. I mean, how many news stories have y'all heard that some asshole bakery decided that they would not want to give business to a gay couple because of their quote-unquote biblical thoughts or their biblical feelings, how they felt about gay couples when it came to Christianity. Look, this is a new year, everybody. This is a year that we need to stop being complete assholes to one another. And I'm just saying that it's time to... It's time to finally just stop being so hateful towards other human beings. So it makes me happy to know that this Congress is going to be very focused on our LGBTQ community, friends and neighbors, or family. They're also going to be um, 
looking into more regulations on Wall Street. Um, there was a report by the New York Times that came out last week about this Congress on Wall Street saying that new millennial Congress members wants to put more heat on the social elite on Wall Street. It could help uh, fund Medicare for all. It could also help fund, you know, help getting rid of our education debt. Right now, if you look at our national debt, 90% of that is nothing but student loans. Yes, myself included. We are all part of the student loan 90% debt circle. So we have a lot to be um a lot to be concerned about with this Congress, with the issues that they're facing. But you know what? I love fresher voices coming into Congress. I think that it has been far beyond time for millennials to step up to the plate and start governing. And I am so glad to see all these new Congress members are coming out. And from right off the bat, they are not acting like your traditional Democrat Congress members. And that's something that you're always going to see with, you know, fresher faces in a younger generation. It's going to be different. And you know what? That is exactly what this country needs is something different. Maybe they'll finally get term limits passed. I heard that in the Senate, Ted Cruz wanted to pass term limits. Wow. Now you want to pass term limits? I always say this. You can hear politicians say day in and day out that they want to pass term limits. But it's never going to happen because why would you put a restriction on your power? I mean, why would you do that? I would never say I'm going to run on placing term limits. Would I love to see term limits? Absolutely. I think that older members need to be flushed out and retired and new members need to come on in. And it needs to happen every two to four years. I think that we should put about, I'd say about two four-year term limits on the House. And what, four two-year limits on the Senate. I mean, that's what we need to do. There needs to be term limits. But I wouldn't run strictly on that because that is a hard, hard promise to make to your voters that, you know, before it's said and done, you're going to introduce term limits on the Senate floor. It's some it's a hard pill to swallow. So don't just come out of the bat or don't come straight out of the gate and say, I'm going to go straight for term limits. Don't do that. It's okay to support it. It's great to support term limits. But don't make that your ultimate promise. So there is so much going on right now with this new 116th Congress, the most diverse Congress that we have ever had in American history. And it is awesome to see this new diversity. It is so awesome to turn on the television when they were being sworn in and see nothing but women in Congress. This is going to be very, very interesting. So there's a lot of action going on in the House. Unfortunately, Democrats did not take control of the Senate. And being a political nerd, you got to understand, a lot of the power lies in the U.S. Senate. 
But if you have elected members of the Senate that actually want to work for the American people and not for the gun lobby or the insurance lobby or President Trump, if you have elected people that actually want to help people, then yeah, a lot of stuff could be done in the U.S. Senate. But I wouldn't hold my breath on that. Right now, it's being led by Senator Turtle Mitch McConnell. He has been bought by every single lobbyist organization in the country. Um, Chuck Schumer, he, no offense to Chuck Schumer, but he's not the strongest Democrat in, in the Senate. I think he's an old school liberal. I think he is part of that dying breed. And I think he just wants to, he wants to be like the male version of Nancy Pelosi. That's what I think Chuck Schumer wants to be. But, you know, then again, I have done a lot of research on Schumer. He has done a lot of great things for the state of New York while he's been a senator. But as I said, term limits, dudes, term limits. We need term limits. So, yeah, there is a lot of things going on right now within the 116th Congress. My opinion, my thought on the 116th Congress is the sky is wide open right now for this new Congress. We can see so much good stuff coming out of Congress. But you know what? Always be mindful that Congress has this tendency of doing stupid things. So always be mindful of that. But my final thought on this 116th Congress is that I strongly believe, and this is just my thought, that this is going to be the Congress that shapes our country for the next generation. We'll be right back. Moving on. Our main topic tonight is the government shutdown. Yes, that thing that happens every single freaking year that people get tired and tired of hearing about. The shutdown. Now, for those of you that do not live in the United States that are friends of mine or, you know, have found us, I'm going to give you what a government shutdown is. I'm going to give you an explanation, a basic explanation. Think about working in a grocery store. And every single year, the board of directors of that grocery store get together, but they cannot vote on a simple budget. They cannot come in agreement with a simple budget. So what they do is they shut down that grocery store. They just shut it down. They don't fire you. They just send you home for a little while. Yes, that is what a government shutdown is. Every single department or branch of our government right now is shut down except for the essential branches. So the courts are still running, but right now TSA agents at the airports are either working for free or they're just not showing up for work. Um, yes, that is what's going on. So why is this shutdown occurring? If you have been living in space the last year, the reason why a government shutdown is occurring is because that our fearless leader has put a stupid fucking wall above our needs as the American people. That is why this is happening. Right now, 
congressional members and President Trump cannot come to an agreement on, you know, putting money towards this stupid fucking border wall that he wants to put on the U.S.-Mexico border. First of all, I have a problem with this wall because it's a stupid idea. It's not going to work. And for all of those who have tried to convince me of that, it's not going to work. They will build tunnels. In fact, they are building tunnels right now. How do you think that the majority of drugs are coming in from Tijuana? They build tunnels. They take a boat and smuggle the drugs in that way. I mean, they're, they are smart. They will figure it out. This stupid wall is not going to do anything to make us more secure on the Mexican border. Now, is there a problem with illegal immigration? Absolutely. We have a huge problem. But we need to not put $5 billion of the American taxpayer money into a wall. We should put $5 billion into our border security agents, make sure that they have the tools that they need, make sure that they have the equipment and the technology that they need to crack down on immigration. Maybe that's it. Maybe that could help. A stupid wall is not going to help because right now over 250,000, yes, you heard me, over 250,000 government employees right now are either laid off or working without pay. So think about that. Think about going to a 40-hour-a-week job dealing with all the bullshit that you normally deal with, but this time you're going to work and you're not getting paid a single cent for it. Think about that for a minute. Also, think about being on on subsidized health care right now. You're in danger also. Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, those programs are in danger right now. But just think about going to work and not getting paid, but you have to be there. Yes, you'd be pretty pissed off too. I would be very pissed off too. In fact, I have read stories that many of these new members of Congress, they are already donating their paychecks back into the economy to help people that are struggling because of the shutdown. Now, I've heard the dumbest fucking argument ever this week about the shutdown. Well, Maybe these people shouldn't be putting so much faith in the government to give them their handouts. First of all, medical benefits is not a handout. Medical benefits are a benefit. We pay into Medicare and Medicaid. We should not have a fear of, oh shit, the government's about to you know shut down and we're going to lose our coverage. We should not even we should not even be concentrating on that. People who are going through cancer right now should not be, Worried about a government shutdown, they should be worried about their health and trying to, you know, trying to get better. But no, we have very stupid people right now on the Republican side that refuse to grow balls and stand up to Donald Trump and say, fuck you and your wall. It's not going to happen. If you want this damn wall so bad, how about you put $5 billion into this wall, even though that, you know, you are one of the richest men in the world or so you claim. How about you use your own money? Whatever happened to Mexico paying for this? I mean, remember when he was running for president, he kept saying Mexico is going to build the wall. They're going to fund the wall. 
We will make sure that Mexico does this. The American people will never have to worry about funding a wall. Well, that's complete bullshit now, isn't it? Complete bullshit. And to all of my members who are listening right now, I have put my $40 into my swear jar. So, hopefully your kids are not listening to this at the moment. Moving on. Yes. Right now, 250,000 government employees are going without pay. Or they've been laid off. They've been told to go home. That sucks, especially when it happened before Christmas. So you can imagine some families not being able to, you know, be happy Christmas morning while their kids are opening Christmas presents because they are so worried about their jobs and they should be worried. Because Donald Trump is screwing everybody over right now. That is exactly what is happening right now. Donald Trump refuses to work with the leadership in Congress because the leadership does not want to fund this stupid, stupid fucking border wall. And I'm sorry, but if our government has an extra $5 billion to put towards this border wall, then shame on them for using $5 billion for that and not using $5 billion on medical programs or trying to get veterans off the streets. I'm not one of those people that say, let's get veterans off the streets and not do anything about it. I've been working with veterans organizations for the past five years now trying to end veteran homelessness. So at least I'm doing something about it. Unlike, you know, the some of the Republicans that I hear that always talk about homeless veterans, yet they never donate a single dime to any veterans organizations. I mean, shit, I'm a vice president of a veterans organization. I care about what's going on right now within our veteran community. And if our Congress has $5 billion extra dollars, why don't they give an extra billion dollars to veteran programs to help end veteran homelessness, get veterans that are struggling with drug and alcohol addiction, let's get them the help that they need and get them a job. How about we put that money towards that? Or my mom, my second mother, she is an educator. My brother is an educator. How about we put billions of dollars towards education so they get the pay increases that they need or the tools that they need to be able to teach the next generation. I mean, there is so much that we can do right now with $5 billion to fund a stupid fucking wall that is never going to work. I mean, come on. Can we please just wake up for a minute and see the bigger picture? I mean, right now, I've heard interviews with Senator Turtle Mitch McConnell saying, well, we're not going to work with Democrats because we need this wall. Shut the fuck up. This old guy should have been, he should have been retired a long time ago, but he can't because he has so much money in his pockets. Not to mention, this man is already compromised. I mean, hell, his wife is a secret is the secretary of a department. She is a member of the Trump administration, so his leadership has definitely been compromised. I mean, 
Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, who claims that, you know, John McCain was his best friend, John McCain, yada, yada, yada. He is pissing on John McCain's grave every chance he gets on national television, supporting this stupid president and this stupid wall. And it's because Lindsey Graham is corrupted. I mean, really, the question is, how much shit does Russia have on Lindsey Graham and Senator Turtle for them not to grow balls and stand up to President Trump and say, look, we do not agree with you on this border wall, and we will not bring any bill to the floor of the Senate and support this bill that supports the border wall. Why haven't they done that? And it's easy. It's because of money. Money runs Congress. This is why we need term limits. But money runs Congress. So how much longer would this end? Or how much longer will this go on? It could go on for a couple more days. It could go on for a couple months. Or as President Trump said, he's prepared for this to go on for years. Think about that. Years of being an employee of the government but not getting paid. Do you seriously think that your landlords out there is going to fully understand this, they're losing money because you can't pay rent. You think that the power company is going to keep your power going on for six months, even though you can't afford to pay for it? Absolutely freaking not. Do you think that your car insurance is going to be, you know, okay with you not paying their monthly premiums or if that six month premium has finally ran out? Probably not. And God, let's not talk about the stupid insurance companies because you miss one payment on a premium, they will cut your health insurance off quicker than you can blink. This could last for a while because we have a baby in office. Or Congress could grow balls. I mean, I think the House is definitely, you know, pushing for that. But Congress could the Senate could grow some balls and stand up to the president and say, no, you're not getting your border wall. Find a nonprofit organization that wants to pay for the wall. I mean, right now, there is a guy out there. He's collected, I think, around $6 million on GoFundMe for this stupid border wall. I'm going to laugh my ass off when I see the stories pop up on CNN or on Yahoo News saying that the guy is being, you know, thrown in jail or put on trial for for committing a fraud against the American people that he used, you know, $6 million to go buy a new house or go buy a new car. I'm waiting for that because you can't just tell Congress, hey, I have $6 million here. It doesn't work like that. There's actually laws that clearly states that we cannot just openly give Congress money unless if we owe Congress money. I don't owe Congress any money except for, you know, student loans, but, you know, we'll start paying those off momentarily. But unless if you owe Congress, you cannot give money just to Congress like that. That's not how it works. So to all those idiots who decided to try to fund President Trump's border wall through GoFundMe, I mean, it, it proves the point that I've been trying to make over the last two years that Trump supporters are extremely gullible.
So what does Democrats need to do to capitalize on this? Well, first of all, they don't need to run and hide. They don't need to sound like idiots and morons. They need to capitalize on this. They need to show the American people that their president is a fucking dumbass who cannot run a country, who has failed our nation, who is continuing to fail our nation, who cares about his Twitter more than he cares about the middle class. Democrats need to focus on that. They don't just need to, you know, say, well, we are trying. No, I don't believe in trying. You either do or do not. There is no try. Exactly what Yoda from Star Wars said. Do or do not. There is no try. There is no trying with Donald Trump. There is no negotiating with Donald Trump. You grow some balls and you say, the House will not support a border wall. Republicans in Congress will not support a border wall. You are shit out of luck when it comes to the stupid border wall. Get over it. You lost this one. Start acting like a president or we will impeach your ass and send your ass back to Mar-a-Lago in Florida being the worst president in U.S. history. So, my final thoughts on this government shutdown. Congress, grow balls. Grow some balls. Stand up to this man. Because right now, he is destroying our country. He is destroying a republic that we all love and we all care about. He is destroying the very institutions that make our republic so special in the world. He is destroying the relationships that we have with our allies. He is destroying the worldview that we have painted over the last 200 years. He has, he has destroyed all this. Republicans, you need to look at this government shutdown and go, wow, this could happen again next year. This could happen again during the general. We could lose the White House. I guarantee you, if you do not act now, you are going to lose the White House in 2020. Unless, of course, if Trump has already paid off Russia and Russia is going to influence our elections again, which I don't hold, you know, I don't even second guess with that anymore with Donald Trump. We'll be right back. And welcome back. So this is our favorite topic. This is This Week in Trump, where we talk about Donald Trump for the next 10 minutes. Um, It's going to be a short one because really Trump hasn't really done anything this week. All he has done is just bitch and complain about how Democrats are screwing up the government. And, you know, we all know that's not true because we know that the reason why this government shut down this week is happening because of you, Mr. President. Um. But yeah, this whole week on Twitter, because, you know, through the tragedy of this week, I have had to find something just to, you know, get my mind off of everything. So I would go to Twitter, which is the worst place to go to besides Facebook. And I'm reading his dumbass tweets. And, you know, actually, you know, a lot of them I just laugh at because they're so stupid that, you know, you're you're trying to figure it out, you know, how in the world does people believe this? I can't understand it. I don't know how any of y'all can understand it. You know, I'm sure that some of y'all probably don't. Um, 
pay attention to his Twitter account because, you know, he does it like all the time. I mean, I'm trying to figure out when does he have time to do Twitter? I mean, like, ow, that hurt. Um, does he like have like, like a specific time that he designates on his schedule for Twitter time? I mean, I know for a fact that, you know, it takes, you know, couple minutes to think of a tweet, then a couple seconds to type it out, and then hit that tweet button. But I don't do it all day. I have a life. I have responsibilities. He does it all day long. Now, yeah, he might have a staff that does it, but, I mean, you would have to find someone exactly like him to tweet exactly like he does. This guy, all he does is tweet. It's actually pretty... um. It's pretty disturbing. Um, I read a couple of his tweets this week that he blamed Smokey the Bear for this, or he's saying that, you know, whoever made the Smokey the Bear posters about the government shutdown and warning people to, you know, don't be stupid and light forest fires. He blames Smokey the Bear. I mean, you know, he will blow he will blame anything. I mean, this is, you know, this segment, I've always wanted it to be funny. But it's actually becoming one of those segments that has become a topic of itself. It's just a continuation of the main topic of the week. He tweets all the time. And for those of you that listen to our podcast in other countries, which I have found out that there are a few of you that actually do not live in the U.S. that listens to our podcast, which is pretty freaking cool, by the way. Um, But if you don't listen... If you don't live in the U.S. and you live in some, you know, other country around the world, our president is a complete dumbass. I mean, I always thought George W. Bush was a dumbass. You couldn't get any worse than George W. Bush. But damn, I mean, Donald Trump, he is like scary dumbass, like scary dumbass. So, yeah, he gets on Twitter. And, you know, he all he's talking about is how stupid this wall is or how great this wall is. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about how stupid this wall is. He's, you know, tweeting about how we need this wall, how we need border security, um, all these different things that, you know, I'm a fact checker. I love reading what politicians post and, you know, researching because college taught me how to do that. Um even common sense taught me how to do that, but college just showed me a better way of doing it. But I'm reading all these tweets and everything, and I'm just shaking my head like, who the hell would believe this, you know? If I went on my page right now and I tweeted a picture of Mickey Mouse getting hit by a truck and putting rest in peace Mickey Mouse I wonder how many people would believe that. I'm really hoping no one would. But I know a couple of people on my Facebook that would. Even though Mickey Mouse has been, you know, you know, is a made up character by Walt Disney that has, you know, graced our hearts for almost 100 years now. I mean, yeah. It's so crazy how gullible people can be and how people can you know believe this crap but he's blaming Smokey the Bear he's blaming the LGBTQ community he's blaming 
the Democrats. He's blaming Republicans who are now coming out against him. He's blaming everybody but himself. And, you know, that's typical childish behavior. I mean, you know, I'm a dad. I have a 10-year-old. And looking at, you know, my 10-year-old son, he does a lot of things that, you know, this grown 50-something-year-old adult does every single day, which is kind of scary. I mean, here's my opinion on on this all. If, if y'all could elect my 10-year-old son as president, my 10-year-old son having no experience at all in this chess game that I like to call politics, my son would probably be a better president than Donald Trump. I mean, I hear people saying, man, I miss George W. Bush. Do you remember George W. Bush was the man who got us into two wars and destroyed our economy destroyed our integrity or tried to destroy our integrity around the country. And then you have Will Ferrell coming out on stage, just like W Bush going, how do you like me now? Do you miss me? Remember, I was a complete dumbass when I was president. Yeah. I bet you wish I was still there. Shit. I'm one of them. I wish George W Bush was still president right now. I really wish Barack Obama was still president, but you know what? Our republic has a constitution, and that constitution has term limits for the executive branch. Thank God. You know, we are only, you know, have to live through eight years of Donald Trump or praying to God only four years before he's voted out. Maybe less than that. Maybe he'll be impeached this year. But our constitution guarantees an end to the madness sometimes. Now, I have a few political theories on that, but I don't want to scare anyone, so I'm not going to talk about that. I will probably give my political theory on that closer to 2020's general election next year. Um, but I do have a couple of theories on Donald Trump, you know, staying in power after eight years. Um, pick my brain on that, though. But yeah. Just looking at his tweets, I mean, it's just the most god-awful, funniest, dumbest shit you'll ever read in your life. So, if you don't believe me, just get on Twitter right now and just go at real Donald Trump and just start reading. I mean, you would just shake your head. And for all of our fans that live outside the U.S., I am so sorry. I am just so sorry that we are exposing you to this craziness that's going on right now. A couple of my fans actually live in Europe and they were, you know, just giving us, um, you know, just telling us how everything in Europe has been lately with Brexit and, you know, a couple of things are going on right now with Theresa May and with UK parliament. And I'm like, nothing of that compares to what's going on right now in the U.S. federal government under Donald Trump. I'd take Theresa May over Donald Trump any day. I mean, at least she likes to dance on stage. If you don't believe me, I highly suggest some of y'all get on YouTube right now and go check that out. Anyways, so that will end this week in Trump. We'll be right back. And welcome back to our final segment, Final Thoughts with Steve. This is my favorite segment because, you know, throughout the hour and a half that you know we record our podcast i mean 
my blood pressure is normally sky high. Um, you know, I'm ready to burn the building down talking about Donald Trump is craziness, but this is that final segment that we can chill out and just talk. So I'm going to be talking to all of you today. This is going to be a very emotional final segment for me and maybe um, some of my listeners who are very close to me. Um, you know, all week I've been thinking about you know, with losing dad on Monday, you know, I was like, you know, I've, I haven't been able to record in almost two weeks, so I need to make an episode, but I don't know what to talk about for that last segment. And I was sitting there and I was just thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I can just make a segment about my dad. So, because what I've learned going through, you know, mental health problems with mental health problems always comes therapy. I'm not, afraid to admit that, you know, I go through therapy on a weekly basis. Um, and it helps, you know, I made a decision over a year ago that I needed help again because I was going through, you know, a rough patch with depression. And anyways, I just learned with therapy. It's, you know, it's great to talk about what you're going through. And, you know, all of my listeners, y'all have always been great supporters of mine, you know, from, you know, sending me messages to, you know, topics that you all want discussed to the crazy things that you tag me in or tag my page in to the people who contribute to our page, to the people that, you know, just send friendly messages to us or the crazy people who keep trying to hack our accounts. I mean, you know, I have a great fan base and to all my political nerds out there, thank you all so much for your kind words this week. And, you know, last week while my son was in the hospital, this has been an emotionally draining two weeks as you can possibly imagine. Um, it all started the day after uh, Christmas. Um, Caden was diagnosed with the flu um, but he developed a really weird rash on his face and it just, it progressed all over him. So his doctor said, you know, get him to the hospital. They went ahead and, um, you know, got him a room and everything quickly. Um, you know, thank God for his, he has probably the best pediatrician in the world. I always say if Doc McStuffing, Doc McStuffins was a real person, she'd be Caden's pediatrician. But, you know, she, she got him into a room quickly. Um, poor kid hates needles. So you, you can only imagine how it was trying to get an IV in his arm because he was so severely dehydrated that, you know, they had to pump saline through him, you know, over the course of the day. So he went through about, about three or four bags of saline. Um, you know, so being a parent, you know, you are scared to death because you're looking at your kid. You don't know what's going on with them. The doctors don't know what's going on with them. You just see your kid and, you know, your kid is being so brave. You know, Caden was, you know, playing with his Legos while laying in the hospital. Um, he constantly was asking me how much I loved him. Um, but he was being so brave. He was just so brave. And then I get a text message from my second mom saying that my dad was 
you know, taken to the ER because he was retaining fluid in his legs. And the moment I read that, my heart sunk because, you know, taking care of my of my grandfather when he was going through um, his health problems, I know when the body starts retaining fluid, I mean, it's, it's never a good sign. Um, but, you know, mom texts me later that day saying, you know, dad was released. Um, he's okay. Um, he was, you know, they put him on some medications. He was going home to relax. And, you know, I didn't think anything else of it. You know, it was a prayer answer. Thank God my dad was okay. So, Caden gets out of the hospital. And then I have to take my grandmother to the doctor because she has the flu. The flu is going around here like like crazy. Almost everyone is getting the flu. Thank God I have not gotten the flu yet, but I'm knocking on wood right now. Praying to God I do not get the flu this year. But I'm sitting in the doctor's office with her. I'm talking to my dad because my dad has been trying to help me find a new car because my truck is pretty much dead. Um, you know, my grandmother is actually my biological father's mom. Um, many of y'all know about the story about my biological father. Um, but you know, she, she wants to talk about my dad, not my biological father, but about the guy who became my dad. And uh, she she always says, you know, thank God you had him because I know my son dropped the ball. And I'm just glad that, you know, there was a man who wanted, you know, to pick up that ball and be your dad. Thank God you had him. But, yeah, we're texting all day about car stuff. I take her home, um, talk to my brother. He's coming home. He's about to, you know, come home the next day. So, you know, life is just normal. Life is perfectly normal, and, you know, I go to bed that night, and then at 9 a.m., my phone rings, and it's my brother, and he tells me gently, because he knows how bad I take tragedy, he tells me that we lost Dad. Now, at first... I thought I was, you know, in this bad dream. I kept telling my brother, you know, are you sure? I mean, are you positive that dad is gone? You know, maybe, maybe this is another thing. Maybe he's just sleeping. Maybe he's just being stubborn, doesn't, you know, want to wake up for mom. I mean, you know, there's so many thoughts. And, you know, David actually had to, you know, calm me down and say, Steve, dad's gone. He's gone. And at that moment, all I could think about was the one guy who gave a damn about me is no longer here. And my heart just shattered. I mean, it just shattered. But right there, I wanted to be strong for my brother and my sister, Jennifer, and my second mom because they lost their dad. Mom lost a husband of 35 years, and I wanted to be strong for him. I didn't want to be selfish with this. So that was the hardest part. The hardest part through all of this is trying to come to grips that dad is gone, that dad is no longer here. 
because I could never imagine after after 13, when I was 13 years old, I could not imagine my life, you know, without having dad there. Could not imagine it. And now we all have to find this new normal. So some of y'all know the story about how Michael Jordan, that was his name. He had the coolest name ever. Um, how Michael Jordan became dad to me. Um, when I was little, my biological father, he left when I was six years old. Um, my mom, everyone knows the story about my mom. My mom was a single mom raising two kids by herself. Um, I was a teenage boy going through hormonal changes and hating the world. Um, and when I was about 11 or 12, I met my best friend, David, and I was always going over to his house and hanging out with him and his family. And, you know, I always had this, this thing when I was little, cause I, I would see, you know, my friend's parents and I'm like, you know, I'd love to have a dad. I love to have a father. And when my friends would get, you know, in arguments with their dad, I'm like, dude, you have something I never have. So don't, you know, don't say that you hate your dad. I don't have a dad. I wish I had a dad to hate. Um, but yeah, I was exposed to dad and And yeah, at 13, uh, my, my mom, mom number one, um, was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I was taking that really rough because, you know, when you hear the word cancer, I mean, you think about the worst case scenario right off the bat. Um, I was just going through a really tough time. And dad, um, I was over at David's house. Um. Dad came up to me, and it was just me and him, and he put his arm around my neck, and he said, look, I know you didn't have a dad growing up. I know your dad dropped the ball. But if there's anything I know, I know that a teenage boy needs a father, and he needs a father figure, because there's a lot of things that your mama does not understand. And there's a lot of things that your mama can't give you advice on. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to be that guy. And from that day on, from that day forward, Michael Jordan became my dad. And it was the best 20 years ever with him. I'm sorry, I, I, I keep getting... <clears throat> emotional because he didn't have to do this. He could have just kept me, you know, oh, this is this is David's friend, best friend Steve. Nah. He always told everyone this is my adopted son. And that that's always been special to me. It's just being his son. Um But through the years, even when I became a dad, um, you know, he was my biggest supporter. He, 
you know, always gave me the best advice a father could, um, especially when it came to my own son. Um, he always um, took time out of his day to, you know, text me or call. Um, he was just, he was just a great guy. I, I wish that all of y'all could have met him. Now, yeah, he had some flaws. He was a Trump supporter. That was his major flaw. In fact, him and I had all of these crazy debates, and we used to make fun of each other all the time. In fact, he used to say, I don't know why I love you, son, even though you're a damn liberal Democrat. And my response to dad was always, well, dad, I don't know why I love you either. Because you're a red-blooded Trump supporter. And then Dad would always say, well, we all can't be perfect, can we, son? But him and I would get into long-hour debates that sometimes continued on Facebook Messenger. Um, but here, here's the thing about Dad. No matter how many times you got pissed off at him, no matter how many times he got pissed off at you, he always reminded you that you were loved. He always reminded you that you had a place to belong to. So after every conversation, I always said before I left the house, I always say, I always said, I love you, Dad. And he would always tell me, I love you too, son. Those five words mean more to me now than it did. And it's because there are five words I probably won't, I will never hear from him again. The last time I saw him was Christmas Eve. We <clears throat> every year we have this this family Christmas thing, and I started going last year. Um and every year now, ever since um, 2017, you know, I decided, you know, this is going to be our our Christmas Eve tradition. We're going to do Christmas, you know, at Christmas Eve at the Jordan house. So we went over to um, to my brother's house for Christmas Eve and, um, you know, we exchanged gifts and everything. And dad gave me and David a wallet. And... Um, I look at that wallet more now than I used to because there's a um, inscription on the back. See, Dad wasn't. Dad was good at saying "I love you too," but he wasn't good to you know express to you how much he loved you. So he gave me that. He gave this to me, and I, and the back of it says, "To my son, never feel that you are alone." No matter how near or far apart, I'm always right there in your heart. Just believe in yourself and remember, you only fail when you stop trying. Never forget that whatever you go through, no matter what, I will always love you. Love, Dad. I'm not going to lie, I'm getting teary-eyed, you know, reading that. <clears throat> but I read it 
and this is, I'm very sentimental with a lot of things. And that is something I'm always going to hold on to for the rest of my life. It's the last thing that my dad gave to me. This whole week has been a week of sadness and loss, but it's been a week of remembering and laughing. My dad was a hell of a man. And for those of you that never got a chance to meet my dad, you missed out because he was he was a pretty cool, kick-ass kind of person. He was hard-headed and stubborn with politics, but he was a good person. He'd help anyone. And he always taught us to... He always taught us to be better than who we were. So to my new guardian angel that is watching over me right now, to my dad... I love you. Thank you for never, ever giving up on me. Thank you for being an amazing grandfather to my son. Thank you for making me your son when you didn't have to. Thank you for always supporting me. And I know for a fact that one day we will meet again. I love you, Dad. that will do it for this week's episode of political thoughts with steve thank you so much to everyone's support this week as i said in our last segment thank you so much um we love all of our fans and your support this last couple weeks have been great um we're sorry that we couldn't put anything out during the holiday season we really wanted to but with with that hectic scheduling of you know the holidays i mean it was just impossible so um but luckily we are back so we will be getting new weekly episodes out to y'all every single monday morning now so get ready for that monday drive in while listening to our podcast um before we go remember go thank a veteran and a service member especially during these times um, tell them that you love them and that you support them. Also, remember to go follow us on Twitter. We have over 1,300 new Twitter subscribers. So to every single one of you that has went to Twitter and clicked that follow button, thank you so much. And for those of you that haven't, get your asses to Twitter right now and go to at official PTWSTEV. That is at official PTWSTEV. That is our official Political Thoughts with Steve Twitter page. Click that follow button. 
it will give you updates on everything from when we are recording to when we send out our our um, episodes to everyone. I mean, your political updates for the day, everything you need is on there. So go straight to our Twitter page and follow us. Um, also, go to anchor.fm slash political T-W-S-T-E-V-E. That is anchor.fm slash political T-W-S-T-E-V-E and support our show by making a monthly contribution. You can make as low as $5 or as much as 20 bucks, whatever you decide to um, donate to us. Um, that donation goes towards our equipment and goes towards um, you know new stuff that we need to be able to make our podcast. So, we would love to have your donation. Um, to those who have already contributed to our show with their monthly contributions, thank you so much. We are actually going to be starting a. Um, we are going to be getting a website within the next three months, and we're actually going to start doing like special things. Like for those who contribute to our show, we're going to give everyone, you know, a free T-shirt or something. We're going to get T-shirts made, which is really cool. Um, you know, just a bunch of stuff just to show all of you. Our sincere gratitude for supporting our show. Um, because without our fans, I mean, our show is, we don't even have a show without our fans. So thank you all. Um, special thanks to our sponsors, Anchor and Flipboard. Um, go check them out. Um, they're cool. Um, so yeah, um, that will do it for this week's episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. Remember, we will be releasing an episode every single Monday. So get ready because every Monday morning you will have a new episode to plug in your ear holes while you drive, hopefully to work and not to drop your kids off to school knowing I have a, you know, a dirty sailor mouth. So that is going to take care of this week. So on behalf of everyone here at Political Thoughts with Steve, thank you so much. We love you. To our veterans out there, to our military, we love you and support you. And until next week, we will talk to you all then. Have a great week, everybody.